Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today, we have a special edition of the Keeping the Nostalgia Alive uh, show. Uh, normally, I'm doing uh, uh, basketball. I've done football, but basketball is my uh, uh, main attraction. But when I was a kid, beginning in 1975, my grandfather took me to 20 games per year all the way through 1988 uh, to minor league baseball games at beautiful Bush Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana off of 16th Street. And he taught me the game of baseball. And, and I fell in love with the game of baseball and everything about it. And uh, just the, the, the smell of, uh, of, of Bush Stadium and, and seeing those players out there in the minor leagues that were you know, uh, trying to get to the show and to the big leagues was just uh, was just fun as a kid and watching and, and you know, uh, the popcorns and the Cracker Jacks and all that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, my grandfather drove the love of baseball with me. And, and, and today we're, we have a baseball player, major, former Major League Baseball player with us. Uh, he's also a singer, songwriter, and we're going to talk about his CD also a little bit later on in the interview. Uh, and I, I really today just few minutes ago learned how to pronounce his last name so I'll try not to chop it up and uh, he was with the Philadelphia Phillies the Chicago White Sox the Atlanta Braves Cleveland Indians Detroit Tigers Seattle Mariners and uh, he was a catcher and I am talking about Bill Naha Rodney Bill thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule I know uh, time is valuable to help keep the nostalgia alive and and talk about uh, baseball your baseball career and the uh, the memories from it well, thank you, Mr. Powell. It was uh, what an experience. It was a heck of a ride, buddy. Uh, so tell uh, everybody a little bit. I, I know you're from Michigan, but give us an idea of where in Michigan you're from. I'm from Hamtramck, Michigan. It's a little town in Detroit. It's two miles square. So many players come out of there. I mean, Pachoric, uh Pinky Darris, you probably heard of him, the best uh, little league player to ever play the game. I mean, I could go on and on and on, uh, you know, the players that came out of Hamtramck, that little uh, little city right there in the center of Detroit. It's a city surrounded by a city, and uh, what a great place to grow up. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your family. Were your mom and dad athletes? Tell us a little bit about your brothers and sisters, and, and, and uh, what was your first baseball memory? I know that's a lot, all in uh, several, one question and several different questions, but what is your first baseball memory that comes to your mind? Okay, I grew up in Hamtramck there, and I had a sister named Diane. I still do. You know, <laughs> she didn't disown me yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I still have my sister. Uh, I have my wife, Gail. Billy, my son, who was probably one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life at 230, built like a rock, set the Florida record for the 100-meter run at the time, uh, hit the ball 500 feet. Uh, absolute great player, didn't want to do what Dad did. He's a police officer, and uh, he was officer of the year. He pulled a bunch of people out of a burning building and uh, in the middle of the night, and he wasn't even on duty, and he was named officer of the year. So here I played baseball, but uh, here he's saving lives. Who had the better, you know, more important job? And uh, his uh, wife to be Amber uh, is my, you know, and that's my son and my daughter Christy. Uh, they live in South Carolina. Uh, Perry, her husband's in the military. I have a grandson named PJ and a granddaughter named Linnea. And PJ might be the greatest thing to come out of anything coming up. They just had a. They just won the uh, Dixie League World Series. Uh, they had the home run derby before it started. The kid's almost six feet tall already. It's twelve and under, and uh, the record for home runs in the home run derby were uh, thirty, and he hit seventy four or seventy eight, and uh, he's hitting eight hundred in three different leagues, and he's already got scouts looking at him. You know, so he's a good one. And Linnea, she's just a little fireball. She's having her first game today. Awesome. What do you remember your first? What What was your first memory of baseball? What your, your introduction to the game? What 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 was it? Was it something you heard on the radio? Was it something you heard on TV? Was it a baseball card? What was that first introduction to the game of baseball? Okay, I can remember it distinctly. You know, it was like a milestone in my life. You're a little kid. You don't think of much. I think I was just getting ready to turn four years old, and uh, my cousin played baseball, and he gave me a three fingered glove earlier. And uh, he said, he says, here, get a, you know, my dad bought me a rubber ball and I'd, on the back porch, we had concrete steps and a little small yard and I would throw against those steps all day. One day I'm playing on the side of the house. Somebody lost some fireworks in the, uh, 
uh, in front of my house. So I picked them up and I set up a bunch of sol- soldiers and I was blowing them up on the side of the house in the dirt. <laughs> my dad comes out, yells at me about the fireworks. And then he says to me, would you like to be on a baseball team? I says, oh yeah. And that was my first introduction to baseball. Cause when I was thrown against the steps, I used to listen to the tigers, you know, and so uh, that's how I got uh, my first thing. My dad came inside the house, yelled at me, and uh, asked me if I wanted to play baseball. <laughs> did, did did the game come naturally to you, and, and how did your game kind of progress? And was, was catcher your first position? No. Uh, first of all, my uh, – uh, let me see here. Wow, that was a lot. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure it out here. Uh, I learned a game basically playing strikeout. Uh, well, I went to the – Hamtramck had the best Little League program ever. They had guys like Gene Penkowski, uh, uh, Gene Kozak. I mean, all kind of guys there that just helped everybody out all the time, and they were great, and they were volunteers, but, boy, they knew their baseball. Uh, uh, when – I started playing, I was, uh, they put me in right field at first and they didn't know I could play a little bit. And, uh, uh, I stood out there and I chewed the finger off the glove, you know, cause I was bored <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, then they put me at second base after they found out I could hit, you know? So I started moving around and, uh, I learned a game of baseball there. And then, uh, a friend of mine, Harry Shinishevsky, well, I should say a lot of them. There was a ton of kids, and we'd go to the school the next block over all together, and we played baseball from morning till night. We played strikeout, you know, and that's a box on the wall, and you're firing balls into it and everything. And Harry and me played for years, and then the first time I beat Harry, he didn't want to play no more. He <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's basically how I learned the game. And then when I went to uh, – uh, college mr dick roach i don't know if you remember mr dick roach he was the guy who signed Derek jeter to scout who signed Derek jeter and in a scouting report said he'd be the yankee captain before he played even signed pro baseball that was a scouting report wow i was a genius and i played for him up at st Clair community college and he's the one that really taught me to find points of the game and really after that that was just all the coaching staffs did you play any other sports in high school Yes, I played basketball. I was uh, second team all state, and I was captain of our basketball team junior and senior year. Uh, and uh, was it difficult? I, I, so I guess you were, you know, a multi-sport athlete. Was did you have a favorite between both? And what kind of what kind of game did you have in basketball? Well, baseball was my game. That's what I loved to do since I was little, and I like to dive on a diving board, you know. But you know, for the swimming team, but. Uh, as far as uh, um, favorite sport, nothing touches baseball. It's it's a it's it was just in my blood, I think, when I was born. But uh, basketball, my dad says, why don't you play some basketball? Because that game was designed for baseball. I don't know if that's true or not to train athletes in the off season. And I said, okay. So then I so I got involved. I didn't even play basketball till my freshman year in high school. And did yeah. you did you have the opportunity to play basketball post high school? Um, no, really. After high school, that's a whole different story. I'll go. I'll get into it with you right now, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I played. I'm, I'm setting records, hitting balls everywhere, playing great. And uh, the last day of the season, you know, nobody was interested in me at all. You know, it was like nothing. And I'm sitting on a bench. Everybody had left. I'm taking off my shin guards, and a man comes down and sits next to me. It's Mr. Dick Roach from St. Clair Community College. He says. I'd like you to go to my school. I go, oh, yes, I'd love to go to your school. And he says, do you think we should talk to your parents? And I says, heck no, they'll be happy. He <laughs> says, no, I'd like to take you guys someplace out real nice for dinner, and let's talk about everything so you guys know where it stands. I says, okay. He says, where do you want to go? He says, pick someplace nice. Well, we were poor growing up. I mean, we boiled chicken all the time and all that, you know, and nothing, spicy or nothing. So my answer was Burger King, and he started laughing. He says, okay, so we all went to Burger King, and even to this day he tells me, you where you want to go eat Burger King? <laughs> but uh, he's the one that took me to school. Nobody else was interested, you know, so uh, uh, it was really something, you know, because I'm, I'm wondering, is this the last, I'm sitting on a bench wondering, is this the last game I'm ever going to play, you know? So, yeah, it was uh, Dick Roach that saved me. 
Um, so when you were little, you know, like when I was little, we didn't have very much money, but thank goodness for my grandfather and taking me to all the baseball games that he did. Do you remember your first time going to uh, Tiger Stadium? I do. I it was a, I got free tickets. A man gave me free tickets. And me and my dad went, and we're sitting in a front row, and uh, Rocky Colavito comes to bat. And I'll never forget this because I was still young, and uh, the, the Rocky gets up there, man, uh, and he gets drilled in the arm with a fastball. Well, he staggers. Oh, I must say it drilled him hard. He kind of staggered over. He's maybe 10 feet away from me. And the, the trainer comes out, and he sprays the elbow. And uh, I can look on the elbow. I see the seams to the ball and the black and, you know, black and blue bruise already. And I go, oh, my God. I said, maybe I don't want to play this game. <laughs> but that's my first memory of uh, going to the ballpark, too. You know, coming up and playing baseball in high school, you're getting ready to go play baseball in college. Did it did it ever occur to you or did, was there a fantasy or a dream that you would play Major League Baseball? I had no doubt from the time I was my first game in, in T-ball. That's, uh, you know, I know a lot of people have the same dream, but that was my dream from number one. I had nothing else I wanted to do except play pro baseball or be a gym teacher, but I wanted to play baseball. Were there any players that, you know, of course, uh, uh, you could probably name several Detroit Tigers that you looked up to, but were there any other teams that you followed or or uh, 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 players that you kind of looked up to or kind of uh, tried to emulate your game after? You know, there's a, uh, I was never a big fan of baseball as far as listening and watching. You know, I was at the ballpark morning till night, and sometimes I get yelled at for staying out there too late, you know. But uh, the ones I remember most were Rocky Colavito. He was my favorite. Dick McAuliffe, because he had that weird batting stance, and I'd switch hit and strike out, and I'd bat like him. And LK Line, Willie Horton, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. Uh, I mean, there was some really great ones out there when I was growing up. And uh, those are the ones I remember. So once you got into college, was was your head kind of spinning? Did you kind of were you kind of uh, were you nervous about uh, heading off to college and playing baseball? And and how do you train and get ready for a baseball season in college? Okay, uh, up in Michigan, there you know it's snowing. We would actually uh, shovel the tennis courts, and we'd practice on the tennis courts, and then we'd work in a gym and we'd work hard. Uh, my training schedule was just insane, though. I would train sometimes 12 hours a day especially when I was playing pro baseball I'd come home to Hamtramck I'd hit the gym play with all the uh, college all the high school teams the boy scouts the police after then I'd do the weights for a while uh, hit the swimming pool until I cramped up and then walk the two miles home that was my training schedule day after day there was no body fat (laughs) oh god yeah that was uh... and, and still no body fat today right uh, no, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, really. No, I got, I got heavy. I had a hip replaced. I got heavy. I'm back down. I'm about 20 pounds from playing weight now. So it's coming down fast too. So this did is you, good. Did you feel like, uh, I, so, so you kind of, you know, you, you, you slid right into the game in college. Was it much different than playing baseball in high school? <clears throat> No, you know, it was like what I wanted to do all my life, and I was finally getting a chance to do it. And uh, I was a little nervous going there the first time in. And uh, there was a guy, I can't remember his name, but I played against him. A big black fella played basketball. He was supposed to be really something. And they said, Bill, you have one job in high school to do, and that's guard him. Don't let him score. I mean, stay on him. Well, I think I scored 28 points, and he scored three. You know, because I stayed on him. I wouldn't let him have a break for nothing, you know, and then I'd get the ball and shoot, you know. And uh, anyway, I walk into the gym at the St. Clair Community College, and there he is. And he gets this big expression on his face. He says, are you playing with us? I says, no, I'm here to play baseball. He goes, oh, man. And and that kind of broke the ice. And uh, I stayed in a a house that was owned by the uh, Mr. Groach, and there was eight of us guys staying in that house. And so I had plenty of company. We all trained together. We all did stuff together. We went to school. You know, we'd help each other with grades. Uh, we, uh, it was just great. He gave me a job there. I was I was coaching uh, flag football for the guys and the girls. And uh, um, it, it was really a great experience. I mean, in fact, when I was getting ready to sign, I told him, Mr. Groach, I'm not going to sign. I said, I owe you another year to school because we went to Grand Junction for the final tournaments and all that. And 
came in second, I believe. But, uh, you know, I didn't, I told him I owe him another year, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just wonderful experience. I have not a bad uh, part to tell you about any of that college. It was wonderful. In fact, I was just inducted first baseball player in 95 years into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame there, you know, which was an honor. Bill, what was the, tell us a little bit, we all know what the baseball draft is like today, but what was it like uh, back when, you know, in, in 71 and 72, just before you were drafted? Was it was it a big deal? Was it a, something that, you know, I, I mean, of course there was no TV coverage, but but tell us about the, the amateur draft and you getting drafted and who, who, who'd you get the phone call from and, and how did you make your choice? Okay, let me start first of all, because this might help kids that are in high school that are expecting it to get drafted and uh, it kind of lets you down if you're not uh, aware of how it happens. This is the day of the draft. I'm getting calls from all kind of teams, especially the Tigers, and they're saying, if we draft you number one, will you sign? And I says, yes, yeah, of course I'll sign. That's all I want to do in life is play baseball. And I mean, this is three, four teams, five teams maybe, and uh, the baseball draft come on me and my dad are listening to it on a radio and uh the whole draft goes by i'm not drafted you know it was like oh something happened here so uh i didn't get drafted out of high school now i went to college and uh i went to uh, i hit like nine home runs 11 games in those national tournaments and then i go to michigan and there's a pitcher named craig barlow there big boy threw hard and the scouts are all the way around eastern michigan university and uh, I'm playing a game there, and the first time up, he drills me in the elbow. I'm going, oh, man. So then uh, I think they're all watching him. Second time up, you know, I hit the ball. It goes over the light towers, home run, and I get around second base, and I look, and all the scouts have left. And then I realize they're watching me, not him. I get the home plate, and the manager says, uh, I need you to turn in your uniform. I says, what do I do? And he says that uh, you're going to be drafted in the next few days, and they don't want you to get hurt. So I get home, and then I find out I'm drafted in the sixth round with the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, uh, pretty exciting. And then Tony Lucadello, Hall of Fame scout, comes to my house, and uh, I ask Mr. Groach, uh, which is my college coach, and Gene Penkowski, my Little League coach, who helped me a lot all the way through, and my dad, and we were there, and Mom. And uh, he comes in the house, and uh, he says, look, he says, I'm not going to mess around. He says, I'm going to give you my top offer first. And he gave it to me. I go, that's no good. And then <laughs> my, dad, my dad and Gene uh, takes me in the, uh, it was a good offer, you know, but it was, you know, because I saw what other people were getting. And I go, ah, no, no. So they took me in the bedroom. You know, it's a little tidy house. So they took me in the bedroom. Bill, are you crazy? And I says, what? And he says that the dad will buy a lot of groceries. And I'm going, okay. I said, so what do you mean to sign for that when the other guy is getting this? And he says, Bill, you're not allowed in my school anymore, Mr. Gross. <laughs> so <laughs> he says, I would take it. You make your decision. But my dad's looking at me with those eyes. I'm going, okay, okay, okay. So we go out and sign. And uh, they told me I got a report to Auburn, New York. And that was my first year in pro ball. But it was a great experience, you know. I think Tony Lucadella, the scout, liked my mom, though, so I think he boosted off her a little bit. <laughs> Bill, uh, Bill, at, at what point did you uh, start learning to play guitar? I was uh, my first year in pro baseball. I bought a guitar, a cheap one, Epiphone. I still got it. I call it the old warrior because uh, that's what I did because I figured I had to do something on road trips. I don't get in trouble. My dad would kill me. My dad was one of the best boxers in Michigan. Nobody even fight him. They called him Russian Harry. He fought like Tyson. He'd come right at you in the first round. It's over. All his friends used to come over and say, you know, your dad broke my nose. Your dad broke my nose. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I was kind of afraid of my dad. He asked me if my mom and dad were athletes. I remember my mom getting mad at my dad picking up this big, heavy, a Polish couch and throwing it at him. He caught it and threw it back at her. She caught it and put it back down. <laughs> so they were good. I was scared of my dad, you know, so I was not going to do anything to mess this up because he had killed me, you know. So I bought the guitar and I, uh, I I bought a Beatle book and I sat in my room for months, pink, 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 trying to learn how to play it. And then I realized that there's pictures above the music and that's where you put your fingers on the guitar. So I started playing a C, a D, a G chord, you know, and 
And then I started playing a few songs. And then, you know, over all the years, you know, from what, 72 or 73, you know, I learned how to play a little bit. And um, that's, that's basically how I learned the guitar all myself in my room. And when I was playing pro baseball, especially when it came to the White Sox, I would start uh, playing my guitar in a room and people would walk by, players knock at the door, they'd come in. Pretty soon we had a stack of them in there, sometimes coaches too, and sometimes other team players, and they'd bring their guitar, and we'd play in there and order pizzas and stuff, and it got to the point where the wives from other players would call my room and say, my husband there? And I says, yeah, he yeah, Jim or Mike is here. You want to talk to him? And they go, no, as long as he's there, he's okay. <laughs> so... uh uh, that's how I learned how to play guitar, just plunking. And then Tommy Hutton, a uh, great uh, ball player, left-hand hitter, and uh, he brings his guitar up one time and a harmonica. And we all put our stuff down, you know, and he's playing and he's playing a harmonica and he's singing. It's like, wow, this is awesome. You know, nobody wanted to touch that after somebody plays like that. So um, uh, the next day I get a call from uh, uh, Bob Lemon. I don't know who was it, Danny, Danny Ozark? Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but they says, turn on uh, Johnny Carson. There he is playing on Johnny Carson. No wonder the guy's so good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, some of the stories, but we had a lot of fun with that guitar in the rooms and everything else. Everybody wanted to play it, you know. So, what kind of music What kind of music did you listen to growing up, or did you have favorite uh, favorite artists or uh, favorite genre that you listened to? Oh, gosh, yeah, the Beatles, uh Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Jethro Tall, The Stones, uh, Jesse Colin Young, John Denver. I mean, played everything. You know, once you learn the basic chords, you can have fun with everybody's music. So Did you, that's were, how I learned how to play that. Were you, you know? were you a Johnny Cash fan? My dad, was, that was his favorite, but no, I never really was. You know, I just... Uh, um, I loved his music, but I really never got to be a real fan of his, you know. So, so what were the nerves like? What, uh, what I mean, was your uh, was your stomach turned upside down? You reported to your first baseball assignment. W- what was that like? And do you still remember what was going through your mind when uh, at your first professional baseball appearance, even though it's in the minor leagues? By the time you go through all those years of baseball and college, you're ready for that. I remember Nolan Campbell. He was my first manager. And uh, as soon as I got to the ballpark, I started hitting. He said, here, grab a heavier bat. So I grabbed a heavier bat, and I hit with that. And uh, It just it just one thing fell into another. There was no nervousness, no nothing. Uh, I was lucky enough to make a uh, player most likely to succeed in that league that year, and uh, it was a good year. And uh, I remember I was that my first year, that was the first year, the first lady umpire and Nolan Campbell got thrown out of the game. And uh, I remember what he said, but I'm not going to say it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and there was really no nerves. Now you talk about my first big league at bat and my first time hitting in Yankee Stadium and Tiger Stadium. Now you're talking a different story. You told me to grab a bat, man. I thought I was going to chip my teeth, you know, <laughs> chattering. <laughs> my knees were shaking. And uh, get up to the plate, I... I getting ready to hit and man I said if these knees was I took the first pitch because I couldn't stride you know that that's the intensity <laughs> of it and uh then he threw me one uh fastball in the outer, outer part of the plate and I hit it pretty good opposite field right to the fence and they caught it and that was my first dead bat and then my first hit was in St. Louis off of Pete Falcone and uh Jim Cott was pitching you know they gave me a start with the Phillies and uh, Jim Cott had won a game in six weeks, and uh, they put me in behind him. He worked fast, hour and 15-minute games. You get behind a plate, he's throwing. And uh, anyway, I'm catching there, and it's right at, after, I think it was the sixth inning, you know, he's 40 years old or something then, and uh, he's pitching a great game, shut out. Well, he walks the first hitter, you know, that inning. And here comes Danny Ozark. And Danny's got that walk that he's coming out to take him out. I, I, oh, no, 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 no. I ran out there and I told Jim, you want to make me famous my first game? You leave here. I said, you ain't going nowhere. You're staying at duration. This You pitched a 1,000 games. This is my first game. And he's laughing. Danny Ozark comes out there. He says, how you doing, kitty? They called him, you know, Jim Cott. And uh, he says, oh, man, I'm fine. Let me have the ball, Danny. I'm ready to pitch. So Danny goes back in the dugout, and he's laughing. 
well, we get in the last inning, and uh, he's pitching, and uh, he walks the leadoff hitter. Well, here comes Danny. Well, I walk out there, and Jim looks bad. <laughs> so he looks bad, and, I, and he says to me, Bill, can I go? I'm tired. <laughs> yes, great job. So uh, we wound up winning the game, and, you know, it was my first major league start. I got my first big league hit, and there's a story for you, too. I get up, hit the double off Pete Falcone. They throw the ball in the dugout. Uh, after the inning, I said, can I see the ball? He says, yeah, it's in the bucket with the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, Dave Cash, Larry Boa, Lazinski, and I remember Maddox standing there, you know, in the background there laughing. You know, I remember their faces. You know, you could see him playing his day. And I'm going, oh, man, you guys threw my ball in a bucket. I was hot, man. So anyway, I get behind the plate. We wound up the game's over with. And we go in the clubhouse, and I'm hot, man. My first ball, I wanted that thing to keep forever. Well, uh, oh, yeah, when I look, so they said, grab one out of the bucket, you know. So I go, oh, jeez. In fact, Lazinski's the one that said, just grab one out of the bucket. Nobody will know the difference. (laughs) So that really got, that's what got me so hot. So then I go into the clubhouse, and the clubhouse man had the ball in my locker. That says first major league, hit the date, and off of who and everything. So uh, yeah, you get you get really nervous. Yankee Stadium, first day in Yankee Stadium. I'm starting catcher for the White Sox, and uh, Bob Lemon don't let me play. You know I'm not playing. So I I'm a young kid. You know I'm why not play? You know so I'm looking forward to this. He says nope. He says I want you to go out there in the bullpen. I want you to look at all the monuments. I want you to get the feel of Major League Baseball history. He says uh, you'll play tomorrow. This is okay. You know, so after I get done with that, he should have left me alone because the second time up, I was nervous when I got to play the <laughs> You know, the history hits you. You know, where you really are and who stood at that home plate. It's just beyond what you can really comprehend, you know. Bill, what were the ups and downs of playing minor league baseball before you got to the show? I absolutely love the minor leagues. I can almost say I enjoyed the minor leagues more than the baseball, uh, than the big leagues. It was just a blast. Your kids are playing hard, man. I, I'm talking, you know, uh, a full blast. Dive into a concrete wall for the ball. You know, it's just the love of the game at that level. And it was so exciting that uh, um, I can't say anything bad about the minor leagues. I remember that I was a legend, though, because we'd go on a, you know, we go in, in Reading as a good example. We'd leave the place. It was uh, like 18 hours to Three Rivers, another 18 hours to Quebec City, 21 hours to Tedford Mine, and then 21 hours home. Well, we all had the boom boxes back then. Well, my batteries wouldn't last but about, you know, five, six hours. I'm going, no, something's got to be better. So I took a little bit of electronics when I was in high school, and I hooked the uh, wires with pins on them to, uh, uh, you know, to the batteries where they go, and I pushed them into the wires where the lights are for the bus. Well, before you know it, I could have started a business. Everybody in the whole league wanted one of those, you know, and uh, uh, the bus rides turned out pretty good. You put your headphones on, and and that was it. But I remember uh, you go to these towns sometime, and like up in Canada there, uh, you get done with a game. There was nothing to eat anywhere, you know, so it was a real experience. Good experience. Does does Hollywood depict – uh, travel and uh, uh, the game of baseball well in minor leagues, or is it um, is it is it a lot different than how they depict it in movies? This is going to sound funny, but I don't really go to movies or watch movies. You know, I'm too busy. I <laughs> don't watch them. The last baseball movie I, I remember is it happens every spring, probably a movie from the '50s, where a guy invents some kind of stuff that goes on a ball that makes it jump over the bats. Right. Uh, that was the, my favorite movie, but really, I I didn't I don't really watch any baseball movies, and that's why because the ones you know that I saw the commercial they look phony, you know. So it's uh, you you look through it, you look at it different. So tell us about that you know that 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 first year with the White Sox, you play at, shoot I think 108 games. Did, did have you been injury free all the way up till then? No, heck no. We had uh, I had all kind of stuff, you know. I mean, pulling leg muscles because when I came to the Phillies, my legs were, uh, you know, from basketball and baseball, they were as thick as my waist, you know. And and then I they do that sixty yard dash, and I'd blow out at about forty fifty yards, you know. <laughs> so that was one of them. And then tag plays at home plate. I remember I don't know if it was Burleson or what in the minor leagues where 
a little guy coming in the home plate, so I was just, I didn't want to hurt him, so I just kind of tagged him, and his knee came up and tore a muscle in my thigh. Uh, I mean, there was all kind of stuff, you know, but nothing big. I remember dislocating a finger, just grabbing it with my teeth, pulling it back in, and taping the two fingers together and playing, you know. Uh, there was just stuff like that, and uh, but no real injuries in the minor leagues. And baseball, in the big leagues, when I got up there, uh, that was a little different story. It, it was a... Uh, I was hitting like 315 and second on a team in home runs and things were going good. Baseball was doing good. And I remember pop, throwing the ball to second base and infield, my elbow popped. Oh my God, it popped. And it felt like hitting your elbow on a table for the rest of the season when you played or swing, you know, but I got through it. I really didn't complain too much. Didn't really tell nobody, <laughs> you know, but the average went down the, uh, you know, the throwing the second went down because you're only good for a few throws a day. You know, I'd get some cortisone shots in there or something to keep playing. Uh, is that considered a steroid? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'd get a cortisone shot or something played, but uh, the game wasn't as easy after that. I was lucky enough to play 14 years with uh, all those different teams, and people say, "Who didn't you play for?" You know, that'd be easier. You know. So. Do you remember? Uh, do you cool. remember your? Do you remember your first baseball card shoot? Oh God, yeah, we were in Kmart. And uh, I look over and I can see my card. First time I seen it, it's right through the package there. And I'm looking at it and going, oh, my God. So here, everybody's laughing because I was with a few other guys at the time. And I pulled it off the shelf and I'm stopping people. Do you know this guy? No, no, that's me. That's me. You're kidding. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was my first baseball card. And it was cool. And if you look at my Cleveland card, I'm the only one with a face mask on you know, on a baseball card, because I think they were scared I was going to scare the little kids when they opened the package, you know. <laughs> and that's back when they had uh, a good, uh, I don't think it was ever good baseball gum, but, or the gum that was inside, but it was fantastic when you were a kid chawing on that and looking through your baseball cards that you just got. Uh, oh, man, I don't know how many cab, uh, fillings I yanked out with that when I was growing up. <laughs> Chew that thing out, oh, man, you know. Uh, uh, Bill, when you were uh, in playing uh, playing the game for so long, you know, over 14 years, you were just saying, what were? Did you ever have a moment behind the plate, or uh, and share several moments if you did, where you know you're like, wow, I cannot believe that this guy who I watched as a kid or heard about as a kid is stepping in and getting ready to bat. Like, you know, what were some of those, you know, uh, the, some of the legends of the game that? Uh, that you got to see bat right right there in front of you. Okay, I'll start off with uh, uh, an A and B game with the Phillies. Uh, we're playing the Yankees the first game. Reggie Jackson's on second base. You got to remember now. I'm on. I'm training 12, 14 hours a day. So I mean, uh, I'm not bragging, but I was a rock man. And here comes Reggie Jackson. Base hits a right field. Here he comes. He's going to run me over at home plate. I'm thinking spring training. This guy's now I got upset. This guy's trying to take me out, you know? So, okay. I, I forget that crap. I blocked the plate and the ball come in. We both hit at the same time. He went flying on the ground. I got him pretty good. And then Ron Schuler, who was behind me backing up, you know, cause the ball got there late. He picked, caught the ball, threw it to me while Reggie dove back. And I put my shin guard down on his back and told him next time slide threw the ball, a home plate. And, I guess the uh, bench and a few of them were sitting back there. Rose and all were sitting behind because they were in the second game. And I don't know why, if someone was hurt, that I had to catch both of them. But uh, anyway, he, uh, you know, so anyway, I buried him pretty good. And then here comes Billy Martin out of the dugout yelling at me. I told him, one more step. We're going to go, man. And uh, I get in the dugout, and Daniel's there says, ooh, you buried Reggie. I says, well, he's trying to hurt me, you know. Uh, Mr. Ozark, he's trying to hurt me. I ain't going to happen, you know. So he's laughing. He says, you thought you were going to have trouble with that little guy. I said, oh, yeah, he was mad, you know, Billy Martin. And I said, oh, yeah, he was mad. He said, oh, no, you're his favorite player. He don't like Reggie. <laughs> He'd sign you right now. And I'm going, oh, geez. He says, and Billy, he would come up to you, talk to you, make you smile, relax. Then he'd knock the crap out of you. I'm going, oh, boy, I got a lot to learn here. Well, then after that, whenever I come to the plate, because, you know, the Cincinnati's were sitting back, you know, Reds were sitting back there, I come up to the plate second game, and it's Naha, Naha, they're chanting out, chanting out of the dugout, you know, which has made me feel real good and relaxed, you know. And so then uh, I get up to the plate, Peter Borbero's pitching, boom, home run. I get behind the plate, and now Johnny Bench comes up the bat. I'm going, well, let's start him off with a slider a little bit outside, see what he can do with that. Well, I'll tell you what, he took that outside slider 
hit it right where I hit mine to left field about 100 feet farther. I'm going, whoa, maybe this game ain't that easy, you know. But Johnny Bench was one of the guys. Uh, oh, man, Rod Carew. You know, there are just so many players that were just way – if there was a higher league, they should be there. And Nolan Ryan, oh, my God. You know, if you stood up there with Nolan Ryan pitching, you'd have a whole new experience, a whole new type of baseball game. Nolan would get on home – get on a pitcher's mound, He'd wind up, he'd throw the ball. It would leave his hand pretty much like a normal fastball. It'd get about 10 feet out in front of him, flatten up, and like jet engines kicking right by you. And I mean, you got to be kidding me. It's crazy. And he had a good curveball like that to go with it. I'm hitting against him, and uh, they they call me, and I think it was to pinch hit. And I'm going, oh, man, I don't want to pinch hit right now. You know, I'm cold, and this guy's throwing gas. Well, he throws the first pitch, ball one, ball two, ball three. I'm going, good, he's going to walk me. And then he throws some rockets twice as fast, strike one, strike two. I'm going, well, I'm swinging no matter what because, uh, you know, this guy's almost unhittable. And here comes the ball, you know. And uh, if he had threw a pitch up against the backstop 100 feet high, I'd have been swinging. That's how early I started. And uh, 3-2 pitch. I'm swinging, going right to the middle. I figure, well, that's probably where he's going to go, 3-2. And the ball hit the bat just perfectly, and it just missed the uh, roof in right and left center field. And uh, I'm running around for first base, second base, you know, and I'm thinking, just keep running. Don't look up. Don't do nothing to make them drill you next time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this was unbelievable, the arm. You know, I played a hit against J.R. Richards, who, who threw over 100, but he was a, he was just a big guy that threw hard. Nolan's ball done did funky things. I mean, it come out of his hand, and it would just level off like something weird. It's hard to explain, but and it would zip, man. It's like nothing you've ever seen. If there was another league, he should be in it. Within Major League Baseball, when you when you played, did you guys did both teams kind of chat, or we we both teams kind of friendly uh, every game before a game? Did you guys talk about stuff, talk about life, or uh, 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 just baseball? Not too often, believe it or not. We were so into what we were doing with the infield practice, the throwing, the batting practice. You'd see guys talking once in a while. I'd talk to somebody once in a while. But uh, uh, no, it wasn't like that at all. You know, they were your competitors, and, you know, you were nice to them. You were nice to me, you know. Uh, but uh, it was uh, – it's not like people think there's not a bunch of friends. And now sometimes if you played on more than one team like me, your old teammates would come and talk to you after, you know, uh, you get traded or something, but it's not what you think. You know, I think the press puts more into that than what really happens because, you know, you're in there to win. You're not there to play games. You know, Bill, I- I'm looking so. at I'm looking at your statistics, and uh, <clears throat> one that really sticks out to me is your speed on the base pa- base pass and your one stolen base. <laughs> okay, yes. Here's the thing: get me in Stadium. Gidry pitching, Munson catching. I'm leading off first base, and uh, uh, he's not even looking at me, Gidry. <laughs> and then the first base, Chambliss, I think, he says he gave him the cross his hand side like he's going to be behind me because I'm no threat at all. I'm going to myself, this is Yankee Stadium. You know, if I could steal this base, you know, this will be the one base I probably steal in my career, you know, because I, I can get off from like nine miles and they're like, so anyway, I got a great lead. I mean, a great lead. And his first movement, I start running and I glance and I see curveball. I'm going, yes. Then the ball hits the dirt. Well, Munson picks his ball up, throws to second base. I'm out. But the umpire goes, safe. I'm going, oh, thank God, you know, because I didn't have a sign or nothing, you know. And uh, he called, safe, safe. So I think it was Bucky Dent. What the heck, man? He says, and the umpire, I can't remember who this is. I thought it was Paul Pryor, but I'm wrong. He looked at Bucky and he says, Bucky, it's his first stolen base. <laughs> Bucky's all okay. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, so it's, uh, there's feelings in baseball that people don't see sometimes, you know. That setup and that story that you just told is just uh, is fantastic. I mean, Ron Gidry, Thurman Bunsen, Bucky Dent, and your first stolen base. Oh, my goodness. That is fantastic stuff. Oh, yeah. You were asking me a, a question to go or whatever about uh, players. Well, you know, when he come up to home plate, like uh, Munson, he came up to home plate, you know, like two days or a day before he got in that plane crash. And, 
you know, he comes up to the plate, and I said, how you doing? He says, oh, my man, my back is killing me. And I said, bad, huh? And he says, yeah. I said, well, ride the ride, the ride man. You uh, got underpaid coming up. Now you'll be overpaid going down. And he started laughing, you know, and uh, that's the last last time I had a conversation with him. But, yeah, we talk behind plate when a hitter comes to bat, and you'll get some idiot that will tell you if he comes inside, I'm coming after you. And you tell him, why wait? Let's do it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a soft game back then, believe me, you know. Were 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 you a, were you a part in your career in major leagues or minor leagues of uh, 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 of brawls? Any brawls? Oh, gosh, yeah, a lot of them. I mean, some of the minor leagues that were just slugfests. <laughs> oh, they yeah, they're fun. They really are fun. Most of them. I remember one big fight, man. Everybody swinging and whacking. And uh, the shortstop, uh, Mike Buskey, he was, it was Oklahoma City. We're fighting everything else. Nobody's hurt except for Mike Buskey. Someone tried to hit him. He tried to cover his face and poked himself deep in his eye. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was the only injury in that team fight he did himself trying to cover up. Bill, if you, had uh, to, if you had to pick one favorite memory of your baseball career, what would it be? Home run off Nolan Ryan. Breaking up a, 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 a no hitter against Steve Carlton in the eighth inning in Philadelphia. There's a story. Uh, Philadelphia, I'm hitting, and uh, I, I, I'm, I got called in late in the game. And uh, I'm watching my pitcher. I'm trying to concentrate on what pitches we're going to call on these hitters. I have no idea Carlton's throwing a no hitter. Throws me first pitch as a curveball, nasty. You know, it was ball one, I think. And then the next pitch, he threw me a fastball. Oh, I had a line drive over his head. I think his hat came off. I ran to first base, and the people start screaming. I figured, well, I played in Philly for a little bit. Maybe they remember me. I almost <laughs> made the mistake of tipping my hat, and I turned, thank God, towards the infield, and I see they have a cartoon character up there that goes with a finger up going one hit. And uh, Carlton, he said in the, uh, I didn't tip my hat because I'd get drilled by everybody in baseball for the next week, you know. But uh, uh, I remember in sporting news, he said that's the one that hurt the worst, you know, because he never threw a no-hitter. This was the eighth inning, I think, two outs. Bill, what was it like when, or what were your thoughts, what was the process when you're like, you know what, uh, the game's been good to me, it's time for me to let it go and move on? I was talking to Gail about that, uh, you know, la last night back where we're sitting here talking about it. And, uh, uh, I remember it was, uh, the last, last big league season. It was with the Mariners. I ran around first base, you know, on a base hit and it took me two extra steps to stop. And I started thinking, Oh man, is this the way? Cause they always say when your legs go, you'll know it, you know? And that's the one that keeps you in the game. And I turned to, I got another hit, and I ran, and it took me two steps to slow down. I knew the end was near. So uh, that's when, well, it was, I thought the end was near when I was with uh, Cleveland. And uh, I had a pretty good time with Cleveland. I really wanted to stay there. I told them if they just put a contract in front of me, I'll sign it. I don't care what's on it, you know. And uh, they said they can't do it for a lot of union reasons. But anyway, I went to uh, Detroit, and I drove halfway there and uh, turned around and came back. And then I thought, oh, no, I can't do this. So I turned around, went back, and that's the year that I got lucky enough to hit 335, set four all-time records, and I came in baseball for a couple more years. You know, but uh, you know when the end is near. The legs start to go, and you just uh, – you try to throw the ball and it just don't come out of your hands the way it used to. It don't feel the same. You know it. There's no doubt. And you need that edge. If you lose that edge, you're done. And when you left the game of baseball, did you, what 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 was your thought process on that? What did you get into? Did you uh, uh, start working at another job? Did you want to stay in baseball? Could you have stayed in baseball as maybe a scout or coach? How did that How did that plan out? I could have stayed in baseball, but I love to play. Like I said, I wasn't a big fan, you know, and I, I didn't really care to stay in to teach and all that stuff. So immediately upon leaving baseball, I went to UPS and I applied. And uh, they says, yes, this is the first time we've ever been down six drivers. And uh, 
drive for us for Christmas and let's see what happens after. So uh, I turned down eight teams that year because I had a chance to get on with UPS, which back then was not making much different money than baseball. So I get into UPS and I do Christmas. I did well and they called me back and I drove for two years and became a supervisor and spent 13 years with UPS. And then after UPS, uh, I had a friend, Larry Morgan. He owns the Morgan Tire Group. And uh, he says, Bill, come work for me. He says, I'm building up some stores here. He says, so I says, yeah. So I worked for him for 11 and we had a blast. And then uh, I went to the jail and I was a guard. That's where I met my wife, Gail, you know, where she was a teacher there, <laughs> you know. And I always used to say, you know, she was a teacher. My son is a police officer. Uh, he'd arrest him. I'd lock him up and Gail would teach him to behave. You know, we had a, we had a family business going in Pinellas there at the jail. And, uh, but I was her bodyguard and I offered her a Jolly Roger, uh, Jolly Rancher candy red one. And she took it. And, I, and then I said, let's go to casino. So we went to the casino. We want money. And I said, I'm a keeper, you know? <laughs> so, so, so post baseball and post, you know, what you did after baseball, it, it looks like, you know, I, I've followed you on social media, I think for about five years. Uh, it looks like you got, you do a lot of travel with, uh, uh, uh these, what are these fan clubs or whatever, you know, with, um, you'll go and sign autographs and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about that and how fun that is. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, let me just finish one more thing. And I didn't give up baseball. I coached my little league team. I mean, from T-ball, my son, all the way through up to high school. I helped the high school interview for their for their high school baseball coach. Uh, and my grand, my daughter, she uh, she uh, uh, played some girls softball. I helped the girls softball team. So I didn't give up baseball all the way. And I forgot the question, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. I got hit a lot, man. Bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so, 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 there's a lot of get-togethers of you know of uh, uh, former teams that you played for and stuff like that. I got you. Yes, I go to uh, the Rays fantasy camp and stuff. And now that we made this CD, uh, that's a story in by itself. You know, there were me and Gail. We we always play and sing and have a good time with it. And one day I decided oh, I'm gonna put a song on. I think I did Blackbird and something else. People liked it. And then I says, and then I got some things from uh, people who are in the legal field, and they said, "Well, you can't play other people's songs." I said, "Okay, I'll write my own." So I sat down and I wrote a song. It took me about fifteen minutes. I walked in the uh, um, uh, uh, by the computer. I put it on there, and I uh, started playing my guitar, and it fell into place. And then that day, uh, UPS brought Gail a, a Beatle bass guitar that I bought for her, you know. And I said, "Can I try it?" I went in there and put the bass. First time I ever played a, b a bass guitar, I went in there, first try, put the bass on the uh, uh, song that I wrote, and it all stayed. That's the first song. It's called The Closer. The Closer's about how that great guy's pitching great the whole game, and then they bring in the closer, and uh, we know he don't have anything, that this game is in very grave danger. <laughs> so that's uh, so anyway, we made this CD, and uh, it all worked out good, and then we went to Philadelphia, uh, or Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for best charity. And we sold a bunch of them up there. And then we went to Cleveland and, uh, uh, a volunteer field to raise money for a little league field there. And then we went to Michigan and we raised money for Al Alhambra for mentally handicapped kids. And we're selling the CDs and, uh, and, uh, doing that on Facebook right now, but they'll be on, uh, um, eBay pretty soon, you know, so about within the next month, we'll have them on, on eBay. But right now, if people bought the CD, they didn't have to pay any shipping, which on eBay, they will. So, you know, if anybody wants one, they can just go to my Facebook page and it has all the information how to buy it, you know, and it's, that's how that works. And it's, it's going really good. So I'm real happy. And, and the, the, the checks go out to the charities and that's it, you know. Uh, the CD is called At the Ball Yard, and what I'm going to do also, it'll be within the um, uh, the description of the show when it uh, comes on this evening, so everybody will be able to find out how to be able to get the album. But tell tell us a little bit more about the album, because if if I'm am I am I mistaken? One CD, it's a dual CD. One CD is uh, the songs, and another CD is instructions on baseball. One song is all my songs, and uh, the other one is the uh, hitting tips, and then there's storytelling. 
lot of people enjoy the, the music and the, the hit and the kids love the hitting tips. In fact, uh, Mr. Groach, the, the guy who signed Derek Jeter, I sent him a copy of the uh, uh, CD. He goes, oh, my God, Bill. He says that uh, this got to be in ballparks, he says, because all you hear is the chicken dance and stuff like that. He says, these are good. And uh, anyway, but I sent it to him, and he took the hitting tips and actually sent them to his grandson. He says the hitting tips are outstanding. And, uh, you know, so he liked that. But talking about the CD, uh, there's the closer, which is, talks about that. There's uh, about the pitcher coming in. There's trash talking. Uh, talking about how ugly other fans are. And then Champion Song, which is a song for champions, Ballparks in Heaven, Everybody Belongs in the Great Hall of Fame. Talks about the, the next one's the minor leagues. Talks about the minor leagues. Rock on baseball fans, me and the boys. Baseball dream and put it back in the game about the tag plays at home plate. And, and uh, it's a <coughs> two-CD set, and there's pictures everywhere, you know. So uh, it's got a uh, – what is a four-page insert? And it's pretty neat. And also on top of that, you, you will autograph it, correct? Oh, yeah. Everyone is autographed. I, you know, even if it takes a little while, usually they've been going out the next day, you know, but uh, uh, if it gets heavy, you know, because when I put on uh, eBay, it might get heavy. It might take a little while, but I ain't going to let any one of them get out of here unsigned. And uh, currently, right now, you got buy, you buy four as gifts, and you get a, fourth, I get a fifth one for free? Correct, and the CDs are twenty-five bucks a piece, and a good percentage goes to charity. You know, it goes to either best charity, a little league place where I'm, you know, raising money for them, any kind of fundraisers for kids. You know, that's what we want to do, and mainly for education for best charity in Pennsylvania. If people buy them off the internet, then best charity gets a cut. And what they do is they put kids through. Uh, kids that have high grade point averages and uh they find them and if they can't afford college they pay for college and then a kid has to keep up a grade point average uh a high grade point average i I can't remember the the exact number but they got to keep up a high grade point average and after they're done and they graduate they have to agree to work in the community for two years before they can leave and it's a good charity, and they've done a lot of things. They got, I don't know, 70-some graduates this last year or something. It, it was it was really cool. So that's the one I support the most, unless I'm going to kids' charities here. Bill, thank you so much for giving us a little insight on your favorite memories of uh, your over 14 years in the professional in professional baseball and the name of the cd is at the ball yard guys uh if you're listening to the show also you're listening to it on keeping the nostalgia live that's all one word keeping the nostalgia live podbean.com and if you look in the um uh summary portion of the show you'll get all the information that you'll be able to get uh uh bill's cd uh, Bill, thank you so much again. Appreciate it. Um, uh, I, I love, you know, being being a student of the game at a young age with my grandfather. I like hearing the stories that kind of back up what I used to watch. And I do remember you. I actually got to watch you, and I watched you hit a grand slam against the Indianapolis Indians in, uh, I think it was April of 1983. <laughs> oh, man, thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Paul, you, you're great. I appreciate it, sir. <laughs> 